Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, does all this ho-ho-ho give you a headache? It might not be your imagination. Doctors say there are plenty of seasonal migraine triggers this time of year. Also this morning, it may seem odd to talk about summer camp on the first day of winter, but a new report finds one special program has benefits that far outlast the days of camp itself, and you may already be part of making it happen. And Americans are more than ready to socialize again in the new year. The dating app Bumble is out with their forecast for the trends in romance for 2022. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, December 21st, 2021. Today is the first day of winter, the winter solstice in the Northern Hemisphere, shortest day of the year. Um, officially, winter arrives at 10.59 a.m. local time. It is the official start of astronomical winter. Uh, in the Northern Hemisphere, it's when the sun is directly over the Tropic of Capricorn, and that moment will be 10.59 a.m., Eastern Time. Of course, in the Southern Hemisphere, Australia, New Zealand, it's the summer solstice. So it's the beginning of summer down under. By the way, if you're looking ahead, the first day of spring will be Sunday, March 20th at 1130 a.m. in the Northern Hemisphere. So point that out. As of 1059 this morning, winter is here. It is also Humbug Day, National Humbug Day, Forefathers Day today, National Flashlight Day. You'll need that today. It's the shortest day of the year. Well, they're all. It's not the shortest day of the year. We say it's the shortest day of the year. They're all 24 hours. What are you talking about? They're all 24 hours. Smallest amount of, shortest amount of daylight hours as of today. Days get a little bit longer from here on out. Uh, National French Fried Shrimp Day, National Hamburger Day, National Look Look at the Bright Side Day. Oh, yeah, we look at the bright side. It's the first day of winter, but the days start to get longer after today. So we look at the bright side. National Short Story Day and National Kiwi Fruit Day. So reasons to celebrate today. Um, so among the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to start your uh, day, you know, we've been... Ordering more stuff online this year than ever before. Beating even last year's record online sales. And more people are expected to make holiday gift returns this year as online sales surge. Optoro is a company that manages returns and excess inventory. And they estimate that two out of three consumers will return at least one gift Post-Christmas this year, about $66.7 billion worth of product is forecasted to be returned by December 31st, potentially, and get this, it says here, potentially causing supply chain constraints as retailers face shipping delays, increased transportation costs, and labor shortages. So this is not only affecting the Christmas shopping season, but all of this is going to impact the season of returns of unwanted gifts after Christmas. National Retail Federation expects 2021 online sales to reach $222.3 billion. That is 13% more than last year. And of course, consumers started holiday shopping earlier this year to try to avoid supply chain disruptions. As a result, retailers are seeing returns earlier than usual. So it appears, according to this story anyway, that the returns have already begun. It says this could ultimately benefit consumers as hard-to-find top-quality merchandise could make its way back onto store shelves, in some cases even before Christmas. So last-minute Christmas shoppers who think you were out of luck might actually find some stuff available because it was already returned. Kind of interesting. So along with uh, record... Online sales, record online returns. I guess it uh, makes sense. I 
Are you more likely to have to return a gift that was purchased online versus one that was purchased in a store? I don't know if there's any research on this, but I would think that that would probably be yes. Because you're much more likely to get a package at your doorstep, open it up, something you've ordered online, and it's not quite what you expected it to be. Maybe it doesn't look the same. Maybe uh, if it's like clothing, it doesn't fit quite right. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, bed sheets that you open them up and the pattern is just not quite what you thought it would be, you know, or something like this. So some sort of home decor thing along the same way. I would think that you would be more likely there would be more returns of online merchandise because these are all things that you would see firsthand if you were buying them in the store. And if they weren't what you expected, you wouldn't buy them in the first place. So thus no return, I would think. But I don't have any empirical data on that. I'm just thinking out loud. But anyway, uh, this I found to be very interesting. A This is uh, from Michael Adams. He is a linguist at Indiana University in Bloomington, who says that pandemic stress, the melding of personal and professional spheres, and an exhausted slide toward casualness are making many of us swear more these days. He said it is a perfect swearing storm. Mentions of the F word, the S word, And the uh, slang term for one's posterior or related variations thereof were all up 41% this year versus 2019 through the end of November. Now, uh, the way they analyze this is through posts on social media, Facebook and Twitter. So, uh, actually, they say there's more foul language on Facebook than there is Twitter, but still, Storyful, a news and intelligence agency owned by News Corp, the parent company of the Wall Street Journal, um, and Denver-based Inversoft, Inc., and their clean-speak profanity-filtering software, which is used by companies that host online communities and other discussion forums, They also say the volume of filtered words has more than tripled in the last 18 months. Again, all evidence that Americans are swearing more in 2021 than we did in years past. Uh, Inversoft's chief executive, Don Bergall, says people are becoming more aggressive in their use of profane and explicit terms. Wow, I read that story and I said to myself, damn. A <laughs> um, couple of other uh, interesting stories to get your Tuesday morning started. We'll look ahead to uh, making your New Year's resolutions. Americans in the prime of their lives are worried about the pounds that they will pack on. During the holidays and, of course, over the COVID-19 pandemic of the last year, year and a half. And it says here they plan to do something about it in the new year. New Harris poll for uh, Health Day finds nearly two out of every three U.S. adults, 63 percent, plan to change up their diet in 2022, either by eating less or cutting back on specific unhealthy foods. (laughs) Sure we do. (laughs) Sure we will. Don't we hear this every year? I'm going to eat better in the new year. Yeah, right. Sure you will. But this is what it says. Adults between the ages of 18 and 44 are the most worried about the health effects of their pandemic weight gain. Uh, Folks in that age range are more likely to say they are struggling with diet and weight management. And uh, they're worried it could affect them in years to come. And so they are most motivated to uh, change up their uh, diet. Sure. (laughs) Check back with me in about 10 months. We'll see if we'll see if that uh, has taken hold. And here, by the way, uh, on a related note, I saw this on the uh, Newswire the other day. How do restaurants get people to eat healthier? Well, when it comes to 
getting people to choose vegetarian options versus, you know, traditional meat-based products. Because vegetarian diets, say what you will, vegetarian diets actually probably healthier for us than uh, eating lots of meat. I mean, science shows that. But still, we are resistant. But a new study finds that those who eat meat are significantly more likely to order vegetarian options when they make up the majority of the food offered in a restaurant menu. (laughs) Well, duh. (laughs) There aren't as many meat options. There are more vegetarian options. We are more likely to choose a vegetarian option. It says when menus offered 25 or even 50% vegetarian options, meat eaters still did not sway from their fixed habits. But when the menus offered 75% vegetarian meals, those who usually eat meat swayed from their usual diets. Is what it says. Well, no kidding, because, because they have to. There's not a whole lot of options left. I just thought that was kind of interesting from the file of duh. And how about this? Among the first things you need to know this morning... It says here on the Newswire that Congress is moving to create a new agency to investigate UFOs. That's right. A brand new federal agency created by Congress to investigate UFOs. In the new defense bill passed by the Senate, calls on the defense secretary and national intelligence director to set up an office to look into unexplained aerial phenomena and possible links with foreign governments or non-state actors. So they're not looking for little green men from outer space. They're thinking that these UFOs or unexplained aerial phenomena may be foreign countries or bad actors that are trying to spy on us. Government report out over the summer acknowledged some 140 encounters between military personnel and UFOs but offered no real explanation, hence the term unidentified. So kind of interesting. I just I happened to see that and I thought to myself, uh, you can you can create a new office to investigate UFOs, but you can't really pass a budget. I don't know. Anyway, there you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, plenty of sunshine expected today with a high of 41, partly cloudy tonight, a low of 27. Hancock Public Health and Blanchard Valley Health System are collaborating on a drive through Pfizer booster clinic. The clinic will be held on Wednesday from 10 to 1 at the Cube Ice Arena on North Main Street in Findlay. No appointment is necessary, but people interested should fill out a required form ahead of time. And we have a link to that form on our website. Meantime, some of Ohio's largest hospital systems are postponing non-emergency surgeries due to the increase in COVID-19-related hospitalizations. The Wexner Medical Center announced that it's going to start postponing non-emergency elective surgeries on January 3rd. Administrators will alert any patients who are affected by this. And again, this is happening because of the rapid increase in COVID patients in the hospital system. ONN's Tracy Townsend reporting, Blanchard Valley Hospital in Findlay says they are still doing elective surgeries. Get more on our website. The organization Best Christmas Ever surprised three Findlay area families over the weekend who've been having a rough year. Jacqueline Pessel of Best Christmas Ever says it wouldn't be possible without the generosity of this community. We just topped $25,000 for what we've raised this year, and all of that money came from local Hancock County businesses and people. And I think that's the biggest thing to highlight, is that this community, there's so much good. You can see video on our website from one of the surprises over the weekend in which a family received a trip to Disney World as well as other gifts. Again, you can see that video on our website. The Finley Police Department has promoted Brooks Dietrich and Dan Griffith to the position of sergeant. They were sworn in by the mayor at the Finley Municipal Building. Sergeant Dietrich is a graduate of Finley High School and Owens Community College. Prior to college, he served in the U.S. Army Airborne, doing tours of duty in Afghanistan and Iraq. Sergeant Griffith is a graduate of Eastwood High School, attended the University of Toledo, and earned his Peace Officer Certificate from Owens Community College. You can see their pictures and learn more about both sergeants on our website. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Matt Demchek with 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. 
how many times have you heard somebody say that uh, all, with all of the stress of the holiday season, it's enough to give you a migraine? Well, in fact, some 40 million people in the U.S. are affected uh, by migraines. But it is more than just a headache. It is a complex neurological disease. And yes, there are a number of potential triggers this time of year. Joining us this morning to talk about a, a new treatment uh, approved for the preventive treatment, a new medication for the preventive treatment of uh, episodic migraine is neurologist and headache specialist Dr. Peter Goadsby. And uh, Dr. Goadsby, first of all, let's, as we mentioned, migraine is actually more than just a real bad headache. What is it specifically? As you say, migraine is indeed a complex problem and a brain disease that manifests as head pain, severe head pain, that's often throbbing and can be associated, importantly, with symptoms such as nausea, sensitive to light or sensitivity to sound, among other symptoms. It's very common, as you said, that a billion people worldwide and 40 million people in the US. It's a serious problem. It affects many aspects of a person's life, home, school and work. And migraine is often misunderstood, which is why Kelsey and I are partnering with Abby to help raise awareness of the disease. As we mentioned, uh, a lot of triggers this time of year, stress, sleep changes, weather changes, that kind of thing. But as we said, a new treatment for those with episodic migraine. Tell us a little bit about this. A new treatment. Because this is the exciting news. It's called Culipto. It was recently approved by the FDA provides a hope to patients whose lives have been blighted by migraine, offering a, a simple once-daily pill that easily fits into their lives. It's approved as a prescription medicine for the preventive treatment of episodic migraine in adults, with the most common side effects being nausea, constipation and fatigue. In the clinical study, a majority of patients experienced a 50% or more reduction in monthly migraine days and the treatment reduced monthly migraine days over a 12-week period. So that is pretty substantial. And as we mentioned, Kelsey is with us uh, this morning. Uh, she is a migraine patient. Uh, she knows firsthand the uh, debilitating impact uh, of this, especially uh, during this time of year. Kelsey, talk a little bit about uh, how this has impacted your life uh, in the past. Sure. Um, I mean, migraine really impacts every area of my life. I'm a mom. Um, I have a five-year-old daughter and explaining to her, you know, when I can't take her to a birthday party or an activity is really hard. And at work, my team may have to cover for me or push deadlines or shuffle things around on short notice if I have, you know, to leave in the middle of the day or if I miss an entire day of work. Um, so it, you know, it not only affects me, but it affects everyone else in my life. Um, and here at the holidays, it's my triggers are so much more present. So for me, it is weather, you know, things, the weather's getting cooler. Mm -hmm. Um, everything's a lot more stressful, the gifts to buy all those things. And then I'm just sleeping a lot less than I'm used to. So, uh, all of those things, you know, result in generally frequent, more frequently, getting migraine attacks, and then you kind of pair that with a busier schedule, all the parties and the school programs, right. the things that we get to do this time of year, it's difficult to manage. <laughs> I like the way you say things that we get to do, as some people would say things that we have to do, but nonetheless, uh, so talk a little bit about your experience with this uh, new treatment. What has that journey been like? It has been a journey. <laughs> so I've suffered with migraine for about 28 years, and in that time, I've tried many different treatments. I've you know, different therapies and things. And I didn't think there was anything I could do to actually prevent migraine attacks. Um, and I know every treatment is going to be different for everyone. Uh, but my personal experience with Culipta is that I am not constantly worrying anymore about, you know, when I'm going to have another migraine attack or how severe it's going to be. I'm not looking at my schedule, kind of doing that mental math and trying to figure out when my triggers are going to be more present or when I'm going to have to step away from something or miss something. 
So it's been wonderful. It's had a huge impact on my life. And I would imagine that alone uh, reduces the uh, stress factor uh, by uh, <laughs> uh, exponentially, I, I would guess. Dr. Goatsby, Absolutely. Yeah. What, what advice would you have for those who are living with migraine and who need to uh, seek out care? It's really important for people living with migraine to work closely and carefully with their healthcare provider to find a treatment that works for them, the right treatment. And in some cases, that's going to be a preventive treatment. And Kelsey, let me ask you the same question. That's the clinical answer for what would you say, Kelsey, to someone who is uh, living with the condition that you have lived with for so long? Sure. I mean, I, I, I agree. It's it's very critical to work with your healthcare provider um, and to try to figure out what's best for you. I think it's important to be open to, you know, all of the options and to give different things a try. I think with all of the new research that's out and all of the new advances that they're making in science and particularly their knowledge around migraines, um, things are getting better and better for migraine patients. And so I would say, don't think that you know what your options are. Always be exploring, and um, things are things are better now than they were five, ten, two years ago. Yeah, so it's exciting. Kelsey, we appreciate you joining us again. Uh, Dr. Peter Goadsby is a neurologist, headache specialist. You have uh, more information. Where do we get up? Whenever we talk about health uh, issues, we always say the best source of information is going to be your doctor uh, for your personal uh, situation. But that being said, you've got a, a website where we can go for uh, maybe some more general type of information. Well, as you say, talking to your healthcare provider is a really good source of information. For specific information and patient information, folks could visit Qlipta.com, that's Q-U-L-I-P-T-A. And we will link that up on our webpage. Thank you both for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it may seem strange to be talking about summer camp on the first day of winter, but a recent study of more than 2,200 alumni of the Serious Fun Camp Program for Kids with Serious Medical Conditions found that participants for these children has an impact that goes well beyond the camp experience itself. And whether you realize it or not, you may already be helping to make that happen. This is a terrific feel-good story as we come up on the holiday. And joining us is the CEO of the Serious Fun Children's Network, Blake Marr, along with the CEO of the Newman's Own Foundation, Miriam Nelson. Blake, let me start with you. Tell us a little bit about this camp experience and how it is different from the type of, of sleepaway camp that maybe many of us are familiar with. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Chris. Well, Serious Fun Children's Network, uh, for those who don't know, is a family of camps, 30 camps and programs all around the world for children with serious medical conditions, and it's all free of charge to these children and their families. Uh, over 35 years ago, uh, Paul Newman, our, our founder, uh, he, he had the idea of creating a place of belonging for kids with serious medical conditions, and he wanted them to have a place where they could just kick back and, and you know, have the time of their lives. But what we found out was that camp had a transformational impact on the lives of these kids. So kids who had medical conditions uh, could go to a camp that was completely adapted for them, children with cancer, with uh, sickle cell anemia, with muscular dystrophy. They could do things they never thought possible. They could fly down the zip line 40 feet in the air. They could go swimming for the first time in their lives for many of them mm. because of the support they had at camp. Uh, through camp, they realized that their illness didn't need to define who they were. We reference this uh, study, more than 2,200 alumni of the Serious Fun Camp program. Uh, it's interesting, as we talked about the result, that uh, this has an impact that goes beyond the camp experience itself. But tell us a little bit more about this study and, and what you kind of help, hope to glean from this, what the, the key outcomes from this study were. were. 
we, we uh, with the help of the American Institutes for Research, we set out to look at the personal, social, and health-related impacts of, of the Serious Fund camps. And what we found out was that camps have a long-lasting and meaningful impact on these kids. And it's not only during their, their adolescence, but it's an impact that lasts long into their adulthood as well. Uh, more than 80% of the camper alumni who participated in the study reported that but serious fun camps uh, had a, a, a significant influ- uh, impact on their self-confidence, their self-identity, or the willingness to try new things, and their appreciation for diversity. And the majority of the, the, the reporting back was that it impacted the health-related quality of their lives. Well, that's what I was going to say. Does this improve outcomes as well? Because we know that uh, for really any serious disease, the, the quality of outcome largely depends on patient attitude. Yeah, you know, that's one of the wonderful things about camp. It changes the attitude, not only at that week at camp, but long into the future. Yeah. It allows these kids to you know, live a very different kind of life with a lot more hope and possibility. Now, Miriam, let me bring you into the conversation here. Uh, you had a foundation, the Newman's Own Foundation, that uh, is focused on supporting organizations and causes that have these types of positive impacts on kids who face uh, adversity of many types. Talk about what these findings mean to you. The findings really all come back to Paul Newman and and two brilliant ideas that he had. And the first brilliant idea was to sell his great salad dressing and pasta sauce and other other great food items that are made with high-quality ingredients, and then to give 100% of those profits away to good causes like the camps. This was revolutionary 40 years ago in terms of a business and philanthropy model, and mm-hmm. it's revolutionary now. The second brilliant idea was to start a camp that was completely free and very supportive for children who have serious illness. And today, to see the results from this research, to see that the impact of camp on providing these joyful experiences, allowing these children to be kids, to see that they have a positive impact for years to come is just really extraordinary and and frankly heartwarming. And we talk about why these uh, outcomes are important for the work you do in supporting children with serious illnesses. It, It really is a validation of everything you were talking about. It it certainly is. Uh, You know, kids deserve um, all the resources and and support so that they can live their absolute fullest life, no matter what they're experiencing in their lives. Again, uh, we are joined by the CEO of the Serious Fund Children's Network, uh, Blake Marr, and uh, the CEO of Newman's Own Foundation, Miriam Nelson. Where do we get more information about this study, about the work uh, that you do at the uh, foundation, and so on? find out more about Serious Fun, you can visit SeriousFun.org to learn more about the about our camps all across the world, as well as the amazing children that we serve who attend them. And to learn more about the foundation, go to Newman'sOwnFoundation.org, and you'll be able to also learn more about Serious Fun and the other um, great organizations that we get to support. Uh, I, I have the best job in the world, and I think Blake <laughs> does too. We get to, to partner with each other to really make uh, the lives of these children be as full as they possibly can. And you know, Absolutely. for and and you know, for the rest of us, uh, one of the things the, the, that I love about this story is as we're walking up and down the aisles of the grocery store, and so we see the Newman's Own uh, right there on the shelf. This is what it is all about. So uh, something yeah, to. In fact- yeah, thank you. You know, in, in fact, if, if you are buying salad dressing or pasta sauce or popcorn, whatever you like, you're actually a donor to the Serious Fun Camp. So, um, you know, it's really important to, to support the camps. We will link up uh, the information, the websites that you mentioned on our webpage so folks can uh, check that out. Uh, thank you both for taking the time. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Chris. Thank you so much. In case you missed it yesterday... Uh, We were talking about this at St. Andrew's Church this evening. They'll be holding a Blue Christmas service, special Blue Christmas service for those who need uh, a bit of a boost of this uh, season. Comfort, hope, healing to lift the spirits of those who are struggling. Because not everybody is all holly jolly and merry this Christmas. 
If that is you, this may be just what the doctor ordered. We spoke with uh, St. Andrew's Pastor Jeff Motter and the Family Resource Center's Amber Wolfram yesterday about this event. First off, let's remember we're in Ohio, and it gets darker sooner and sure. during this time of year. It gets yeah. colder. We get a little more isolated, so you have that going on. Mm-hmm. You also have the unfortunate commercialism that's been kind of wrapped into, which commercialism equals money. Right. Um, so there's a lot of different factors that play into the holidays, uh, along with the fact that holidays are based on often memories and traditions and rituals and rites. And so when we have an interruption to those things, mm-hmm. whether due to personal illness or change in job or change in location or the loss of a loved one, it can affect how we, quote, celebrate something like a holiday. Right. And so it's important to remember that as long as you're, you're um, being healthy about your choices, you can't do it wrong. I was thinking about the Gospels. The, the Gospel of John begins with a, a statement that says, the light overcomes the darkness. Mm-hmm. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. Mm-hmm. And Blue Christmas recognizes that for some people, this is a time that feels more dark. Uh, for a, the variety of reasons that Amber mentioned, yeah. um, relationship struggles happen as well. Um, there, there are all these pressures to have the perfect holiday, yeah. and and we should do it the way Grandma wanted us to do it, and and all those kinds of pressures, which may or may not be healthy, mm-hmm. may or may not be helpful, and and lead to all kinds of mixed emotions for people. So, with the Blue Christmas service, we will lift all those things up. We'll meet. We'll try to meet people where they are engage them in their sadness or skepticism or or whatever it is they're experiencing Mm -hmm. and offer some opportunity for prayer and meditation and some acts of worship, but do it in a quieter, more relaxed tone and offer individual prayer or somebody to listen if that's what they need in the moment. This is an issue for some every uh, Christmas, Um, especially right now when so many things have been upended and now we're hearing in the news that this, again, may not be, this may be another COVID Christmas. Here Mm -hmm. we go again. Um, So I would imagine that, uh, again, there are any number of reasons why people may feel that way and they may be different than what you've had in the past. Oh, oh yes, certainly. Certainly some of them will be the same with, with grief and losing loved ones, but but there are so many people who've been touched by COVID, whether it's their job was affected sure. or a family member was ill, and maybe they recovered, but maybe not fully recovered. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they lost a loved one, and because of the situation with COVID, they were never able to have a service that in their honor. That sense of closure. To, well, closure, but also moving into the healing process. Right. And so they've sort of been suspended. Um, waiting for some sign that it's okay to move forward. And mm-hmm. and so maybe Blue Christmas will be that for people. But COVID has created a lot of stress yeah. for people, just the stress in general. This is not necessarily going to be the uh, be-all and end-all or the cure-all for uh, those who are struggling. What can those individuals do? And more importantly, maybe the family members and friends of someone who is struggling do to help people through this. Well, and that's one of the reasons um, St. Andrews has been wonderful. We're going to have materials there for each family that attends. There'll be a book about holiday grief and loss. Mm -hmm. Um, There is also going to be a small token to take home to keep a remembrance of. It's okay to to be where we are today. Mm -hmm. Um, But inside that little book, there's going to be information. There's going to be a little sticker about, hey, if, you know, we feel this way for too long, you know, just reach out here in Hancock County. We're very fortunate. We have many resources, whether it be with Family Resource Center or a private counselor. Um, we have support groups. I, if people don't know where to start, I always say, call me. <laughs> call mm-hmm. me, email me, reach out. Um, but and also in Hancock County, we have a crisis hotline. So it's okay to not feel okay for a while. Mm-hmm. Really, the difference is how is it impacting your everyday life? Yeah. When things become a challenge to get up, to want to go to work, to want to help get the kids around, to get... When it just feels like the world, you're—I I describe it like you're walking around with like heavy, wet clothes. Mm-hmm. You just every yeah. movement is an effort. When those kind of things are happening, then it's time. It's time to reach out. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're committed to no. a six-month or a year-long program or anything. It may be just a one-one 
off kind of thing. Right. Everyone is in different places. We just need to see where we're starting from and where would you like to go. The uh, Blue Christmas service is Tuesday the 21st at 630 uh, in our main sanctuary. You can find us at 120 West Sandusky Street. And we have entrances on Sandusky side and on the Crawford Street side of our building. And we'll have smiling faces there to greet you and welcome you and help you feel comfortable and engage in the service in whatever way you feel led to do. Again, uh, our conversation yesterday with uh, Pastor Jeff Motter, St. Andrew's Church, and uh, Amber Wolfram, the Family Resource Center, about uh, their Blue Christmas service this evening, 6.30 at St. Andrew's. If you want to hear the uh, full interview, the uh, full discussion, check out yesterday's podcast edition at uh, goodmornings.net. We have uh, more information about the uh, Blue Christmas service linked up there as well. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Now, we know that these days, conspiracy theories are everywhere. They're incredibly prevalent in this era of social media. But this one, (laughs) I think, really takes the cake. And this is kind of a lengthy story. Bear with me here uh, and see if you agree. Uh, A woman uh, by the name of Ashley Hernandez uh, posted a video on TikTok uh, recently. And uh, she says that uh, she believes... That uh, the folks at Target, the big box store Target, have conspired to send her to jail. She claims, (laughs) she claims that she has been stealing from Target for years and thinking nothing of it. (laughs) Only to find out that the store had all this time not been sitting idly by as she took advantage of the five finger discount. And have been tracking, she says, each and every item that she pilfered from the store over the course of several years. Uh, Claims Ms. Hernandez, they compiled a whole case against me over the years, letting me steal $3,000 worth of stuff just so they could send me to jail. Instead of just being a petty theft charge, now, since it's over $3,000, it's a much more serious charge. (laughs) She says... The target set her up. How dare they? Now, it is unknown exactly what she has been charged with or how long she could serve behind bars. (laughs) And believe it or not, there are people who are on her side on this and said that this is the era of surveillance of the surveillance state and uh, that target is watching every shopper's move. But others... (laughs) Thank goodness there are others who are actually calling Ms. Hernandez out for stealing from the same store over and over and over again. I mean, if you you don't want to go to jail, don't steal from the store. Uh, Anyway, uh, uh, one TikToker uh, response uh, marveled at the fact that only this generation will legitimately defend this. The bottom line, I have to say, the bottom line is don't steal from the store and you don't have to worry about it. How dare they? They let me steal all this stuff over the years from Target and now they're going to send me to jail. What in the world is it we're coming to? (laughs) Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, uh, this from uh, Manhattan, uh, New York City, uh, where a, a woman landed herself in jail yesterday. After authorities said she hit another woman in the head with a toaster. (laughs) The altercation apparently took place over the weekend between uh, two women ages 21 and 18. Uh, The 21-year-old suspect, Lakeisha Randolph, uh, struck the uh, uh, 18-year-old victim. The incident reported uh, shortly after 1 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, Miss Randolph was arrested in connection with aggravated battery and domestic battery with a toaster. (laughs) She is safely housed in the Riley County Jail. Uh, (laughs) um, I'm sorry, is this uh, Manhattan, not Manhattan, New York, Manhattan, Kansas? I'm sorry, my apologies. Uh, Manhattan, Kansas uh, over the weekend. (laughs) 
I don't know what the altercation was about, but uh, or why Ms. Randolph decided to use a toaster as their weapon of a choice. But just kind of weird. Uh, follow up to a broken news item that we had a couple of days ago. Uh, police have arrested a man in the case of the theft of a 58 foot pedestrian bridge in Akron. <laughs> Remember, we had the story uh, in in Akron about the pedestrian bridge. That somebody actually stole an entire bridge. Well, police have now arrested 63 year old David Bramley after finding the partially disassembled bridge in his possession. Um, apparently, the bridge had been stored in a field at the time of the theft. Officials say Mr. Bramley paid for a crane service from a local trucking company to come load the bridge onto a vehicle, and then he uh, stored it at his Medina County property. Still no word on why he decided to steal the bridge. Or what about the crane company that was like an accomplice on this? There's still so many questions about that story, but they have made an arrest in the case of the stolen bridge in Medina County. Uh, This is an unusual problem. In Australia, they have an issue with drunken parrots uh, flying while intoxicated. (laughs) Uh, Only in Australia. Parrots are getting wasted on fermented fruit, and in some cases... Uh, being seriously injured as a result of their drunken behavior. It is the end of the mango season in Western Australia's Kimberley region, and that means a lot of fallen produce which subsequently rots and ferments in the sun, um, similar to that which yields wine from grapes. Uh, Mangoes, which are particularly sugar-rich, can produce relatively high levels of alcohol when they ferment, and that alcohol is being guzzled by some of the area's resident Red-winged parrots. <laughs> Paul Murphy from Broom Veterinary Hospital tells the Australian Broadcasting Corporation that at least six inebriated birds were brought into the clinic uh, showing the symptoms of uh, alcohol poisoning in the past week alone. <laughs> Problem with drunken parrots <laughs> in Australia. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. I mean, that's not that's very serious, drunken parrots. And finally, in the broken news this morning, a holiday-themed item, and this is very festive. A pair of neighbors in Idaho now hold the Guinness World Record for wrapping an entire boy in gift wrap. (laughs) They wrapped a human being in gift wrap in 1 minute 43 seconds. David Rush, who has broken more than 200 Guinness records to promote STEM education. He's a teacher, and he does this for publicity. Teamed up with his neighbor, Lisa Marie Hannon, to cover Hannon's son, Joey, in holiday wrapping paper. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Rush uh, said uh, Guinness rules required Joey to be covered head to toe in gift wrap with his arms and legs wrapped individually. (laughs) The rule also required the wrapping to be completed without any of the paper tearing. Uh, The neighbors managed to finish their wrapping in 1 minute 43 seconds, beating the previous record of 1 minute 58.9 seconds. (laughs) So, just something to know, if you happen to be bored on Christmas and you need something to do, you can try and break that record. Wrapping an entire human... There you go. Uh, That is uh, today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veteran Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. WFIN has something very special for you this Christmas. We've put together a collection of old-time radio Christmas programs for your holiday enjoyment. And we've got the big names. Jack Benny, Bing Crosby, Red Skelton, and more. WFIN's old-time radio Christmas presented by Pete's Auto Service. A complete schedule of all shows with airtimes is available at WFIN.com. Join us for our old-time radio Christmas specials Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. 1330 W. WFIN, WFIN.com, and now at 95.5 FM. They say it is more blessed to give than receive, and nearly 7 in 10 Americans 
are taking that to heart, saying they are more excited to give gifts than receive them this year. According to a new poll, it is today's daily download, the numbers behind the news, the statistics that shape our lives as families look to reconnect with their loved ones during this winter's festivities. Uh, More so than we were able to last year, two-thirds in the survey agreed that spending quality time with family is the highlight of their holiday season. Survey was conducted by one poll on behalf of Minted, which asked more than 2,000 Americans to pinpoint what makes the season so joyful. Not only are 68% more eager to give than receive when it comes to gifts, 57% look forward to giving more gifts this year than they did last year and have added more names than usual to their shopping list. So we're giving more gifts to those on our list, and our list is longer. That's kind of interesting. Uh, Over half, uh, 52%, think that sharing gifts is the reason for the season. Uh, I guess in the secular sense. Uh, Interestingly, 45% of millennial respondents loved using snail mail to send uh, their season's greetings, Christmas cards. Millennials are sending Christmas cards again. Uh, they said that uh, holiday uh, mailing holiday cards, one of their favorite holiday activities, one of their favorite Christmas activities, sending out Christmas cards. 45%. That is interesting because over the years, uh, I was just talking about this with my wife the other day, uh, saying how few Christmas cards we get anymore as compared to what we used to, you know, we used to get two or three new cards every day for like an entire month. And uh, now I think we've gotten four or five cards all season and just don't uh, see them as often. But apparently millennials are bringing that tradition back, or at least they say they are. During this year's uh, holiday downtime, four in five Americans, 78% in this poll, plan on breaking out the tried and true family traditions while 68% of those respondents will be trying brand new traditions this year. So obviously there's some overlap there. 78% going to fall back to the old traditions of their family. 68% going to add something new to the Christmas tradition, which is always fun to try and add something new or do something a little bit different. That, who knows, may become a family tradition for future generations. But uh, anyway, it just I, I saw that poll and it just kind of gives you hope that uh, the holiday season is not losing its magic. You know what I mean? It's it's still people understand what makes this time of year so special. Well, of course, this is the uh, time of the year when we get all of the year-end lists and looking ahead to uh, all of the uh, new trends of 2022, what we expect to see in the year to come. Recent survey from Bumble, which is the women-first dating and social networking app, has revealed some of the rising dating trends for the new year. And joining us this morning is relationship expert at Bumble, Sean Mudrum. And uh, Sean, what is this? Uh, what is this survey uh, reveal about dating trends in 2022? What this is revealing to me is a lot of hope and a lot of excitement for people who have felt disconnected from dating apps. Now is a great time to reconsider going back on because the dating landscape is different. One, people are more exploratory in their approach to dating. That was a huge trend that Bumble saw that one in three people identified as being willing to go outside of their comfort zone, outside the box, even outside of their city. Um, So if you're somebody who's unique, this is your time to shine. (laughs) And people are knowing that they're unique. People know that they have something special to offer, which is why they are identifying as being consciously single. They are saying, you know what? I'm not single because I can't find somebody. I'm single because I like myself. So if I'm going to change my status, I better like that person too. And that's really empowering. And speaking of empowering, people are making empowered decisions about the kinds of dates they do want to go on if a match goes well. And more people are selecting dry dates 
and a dry date is a date that does not include alcohol. As you know, during the pandemic, people's relationship with alcohol consumption definitely shifted, and that's being reflected in the kinds of dates they want to go on. So more people are saying, it's okay if we don't drink and we just get to know each other sober. More people are saying, I am sober. And more people are saying, it's okay if you're sober and I still drink. I still want to date you. Um, so those are all really exciting things. And the last trend I think is really cool is power PDA. More people are saying yes to PDA than they were prior to the pandemic. <laughs> so with all of that in mind, give us some maybe best practices or, or tips on for someone who's looking to start dating in the new year, how to update their profile or put themselves out there to get the most out of that dating experience given these new trends. I'm glad you asked that question. And I love the word most because it is about you getting the most and getting what you want. And in order to do that, you've got to tell the apps what you want. This is not an opportunity to play coy. This is a time to show who you are, tell your story. So utilize all the various features that allow you to do just that. Also take advantage of dating Sunday. Dating Sunday is the highest volume of activity you're going to see on dating apps. And it starts the first Sunday after the new year. And that uprise in people sending messages and chatting and connecting actually continues until around Valentine's Day. So it's the start of a season of connection. And make sure that your app, I mean, your profiles are updated to ensure that the best you is being put forward. Um, and the best you, just in terms of pictures, includes just you. That no football team photos. Uh, save those for later on. The first picture should be you in all your glory. <laughs> I, I was going to mention that dating Sunday. I mean, we've we've heard about all of the the Christmas themed days, the Black Fridays and the Cyber Mondays and all of that. Now we have dating Sunday to start off the new year. And you say that uh, actually that big uh, influx of of dating app activity uh, will continue right on through Valentine's Day, which I, I guess makes sense. So how is Bumble then? We'll let you get the plug. And how is uh, Bumble helping to make it easier to connect with others on the app? Yeah, Bumble's listening. They have a feedback loop where they're talking to their users. And what they have heard loud and clear is that people want more uh, intentional dating. And they want to actually have meaningful connections. And in order to do that, you need to see more than just the person. you got to see them for who they are on the inside. So instead of just swiping and seeing only photos, now you're going to swipe and see a photo, the person's bio, and their badges. That gives you more information to make the best decision for you. Again, uh, Sean Moonram is a uh, relationship expert with Bumble. Uh, talking about the uh, dating trends heading into the new year, it's going to get a very going to be a very busy start to the year from uh, what we hear. Yes. And where do we get more information? Yes, collect all the information that you can to make the best decisions for yourself. I'm going to amplify that word again: more, most, all of that, and get the most information about the trends by going to Bumble.com. They also have expert tips, like experts from myself. And if you feel energized by all that new information and making sure you're ahead of the curve, then download the app just in time for Dating Sunday. We'll link it up on our webpage. Folks can uh, find it there. Sean, thank you. Sean, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. And once again, that will wrap up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage and that, of course, goodmornings.net. While you're there, check out our social media pages. You can email us if there's something you want to share directly. Sign up for our daily email newsletter and more, goodmornings.net. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.